This is the Skeptic Squared Podcast. A safe place to make light of sacred things. My name is Matt. And I'm Corinne. And in this program, we will be discussing current events related to religion, atheism, and skepticism. Our goal is not to insult believers, although that will probably happen from time to time, but rather to share our point of view on these topics in a way which will benefit and entertain others. Or maybe we just want to stroke our own egos. You decide. Welcome to the Skeptic Squared podcast. Today is July 10th, 2016, and joining me is my wife, Corinne. Hello. How are you? Fine. Fine. (laughs) Good. So today, um, we wanted to talk about some stuff that we, uh, well, I guess we should just say we went on a trip last weekend. Yay for trips. Yay for trips. And we decided to go to a place that... um, We've actually been to before, and the first time we went to this place was inspired by Penn Jillette and Teller, Penn and Teller, their show BS, Mm. where they would routinely go to this place and talk about some of the crazy New Age stuff that goes on there. Talking, of course, of Sedona, Arizona. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, so this is our second time going there. And we've managed not to spend, like, inordinate amounts of money there, because you can very easily spend a lot of money doing ridiculous things. Um, but it is kind of a, a tourist trap for just New Age woo kind of malarkey. Mm-hmm. So there's lots of gift shops, lots of psychic readings. You can even get um, a picture taken with your aura I still it. really want to do that. <laughs> they're, they're just always too expensive, you know. <laughs> anyway, so so we went and we uh, we went over the Fourth of July weekend. Um, spent some time in um, the Grand Canyon and in Flagstaff and did some stuff there. And then hit Sedona before we left Northern Arizona, and we went around and checked out a bunch of vortexes, which we'll talk about in a minute. We went to a few of the gift shops. We got a bunch of flyers and pamphlets from various psychics and, and whatnot. Um, so maybe that's a good thing to start with, is just going over some of the pamphlets we found. Um, so we have several of them. Mm-hmm. Um, like they have a, an information center there that has like a whole wall just full of these pamphlets. Mm-hmm. So we just grabbed like a handful of them, yeah. like less than 10, I think. Um, so do you want to read one? Okay. Uh, This one is titled, A Soundwave Journey. (laughs) Do they explain? Uh, Well, in the best way they can, probably. (laughs) Which is? Uh, It says, the soundwave bed, introduced worldwide in 2003, is actually an expertly crafted musical instrument. The client... Wait, wait, wait. This this is a bed? Yes. Like you lay on it. You want to see the picture? Yes. Looks like a curved massage bed a little bit. Okay, with a bunch of gongs and some weird stuff around it. Yeah, I think it explains what happens, or what's supposed to happen. Okay. So the client lays on the bed while the instrument is played. Uh, Harmonic monochord strings strummed on one side, and a grounding tongue drum played on the other. Wait, what? A tongue drum? A tongue drum. As in tongue in your mouth? Tongue? 
Or it's capitalized, so I don't think so. I think it's attached to the bed. It looks like there are some, like you know, on the street how they had like the xylophone things with the. Uh-huh. It looks something like that, like in the bed with mallets that I think people that so they, like hit. so you lay on top of a marimba, and they just go to town on it. I guess. <laughs> Okay, and what is this supposed to do? Um, the vibrations of the music enter through the back of the body and instantly spread throughout the physical, mental, emotional, and etheric bodies, dissolving tension and energetic blocks, thoroughly cleansing your system. <laughs> it sounds like like Reiki oh. with noise. <laughs> this sentence is awesome. Uh, the celestial humming allows the client to float home ethereally while bathed in the harmonic melodies. <laughs> ethereally uh, they say that like this is supposed to be like a common knowledge kind of thing like people just understand what ether is yeah <laughs> oh but okay i want to read what this lady's uh titles are okay so this is run by a person named valerie sanjali irons and i'm pretty sure sanjali and irons is probably made up Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so she's an artist, a sound alchemist, and oh. Kurtinwala. <laughs> was, wasn't there another one that said sound alchemist? And I think it was this one was we this were one? talking about. Oh my gosh. I have no idea what a sound alchemist <laughs> is, but I'm sure it has something to do with the tongue drum. Right. <laughs> oh my gosh. And this is supposed to realign your mental state or something? Yeah. Along that way? It's supposed to cleanse your system by removing energetic blocks <laughs> energy is a huge thing with these people right <laughs> i don't know what an energetic block feels like but i probably according to her would have a lot of them probably because she of course has the cure to that so that's 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 the the hallmark of a snake oil salesman where they invent a problem and then sell you the cure for it which is exactly what most of these sound like um, anything else from that pamphlet? Mm, no. Okay. So I have one from a person named Dr. Sandra in Sedona. Oh, yeah. She doesn't have the last name. Yeah. <laughs> um, and this one is Past Life Regression. <laughs> Guided Past Life Regression Meditation. Um, past Life Regression, Doctor of Humane Religious Studies, uh, Kriya Yogi, and Lifetime Metaphysician. <laughs> Let that just kind of sink in. Wait, lifetime metaphysician? Yes, or? lifetime metaphysician. <laughs> so. <laughs> so since the day she was born, she's been a metaphysician. Evidently. Maybe she was born a psychic. Well, wouldn't you have to be born a psychic? That's you not something think. you just develop I, or buy. Well, <laughs> I guess it would depend on who you ask. <laughs> Someone like her would claim to be a lifetime psychic. Well, obviously she did. Uh-huh. And she has a website. Um, heavenconnection.com Oh my gosh, we didn't go to any of these websites. You want to look these up? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is it going to mess anything up if I do that? Um, it should be okay. Go ahead and try it. I'll keep reading. Yeah. Um, okay, so relaxing, positive, uplifting, guided meditation to discover positive and helpful aspects of your past lives. So they're really big into the whole reincarnation thing. And... <laughs> We haven't really talked about reincarnation um, much on the show. Basically, my biggest beef is what is the point if you can't actually remember your past lives? Right. You know, 
but apparently this is the solution to that. What was the website again? Heavenconnection.com. So if you can't remember the stuff that you did wrong in your previous lives, how are you supposed to improve on it? Well, that's why you have people like her to regress you. Right, yeah. So does that mean that she does this type of regression with other animals, lesser life forms, that kind of thing, to help them Well, they don't care. (laughs) You only start caring when you're in human form. Right. Yeah. Again, lots of uh, holes to punch through. Um, that kind of thing. You know, um, just randomly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I've been re-watching Friends or watching it for the first time too, in a way. Okay. I don't know. But one of the characters on there, Phoebe, is like, she'd be the closest to a new age nut that you get. But she, uh-huh. I just, this is completely random. But she, um, it's Thanksgiving or whatever, and they're all recounting their worst Thanksgiving tales. Uh-huh. And all of the ones that she talks about are in her past lives and they're all in like some big war or something. And she's like either French or English. I don't know. It's really funny. And then Joey, Uh Joey's like, Oh, you're so lucky that you get to remember your past lives. I wish I remembered mine. Uh And then she just pats him on the head. It's like, Oh honey, you're new. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. It's just funny. I, I enjoy the idea, like it being worked into media and stuff just because it's really funny. Yeah. Because it is kind of ridiculous, and they are just kind of making it up and trying to sell it. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> oh, I had something else I was going to say. Eh, whatever. So, uh, continuing on. You have brought with you in this incarnation many latent abilities, talents, and wisdoms born of countless experiences of past incarnations. Enjoy a relaxing, positive, uplifting, and restful guided past life regression meditation and discover some of the joys, successes, talents, and loving relationships of days gone by. She really likes those uh, those groups of words jumbled together. Yeah. Um, reignite past dreams and renew happiness and peace buried within your spirit from all the good you carry within you. You are a living soul, and you have already experienced and built upon so many forgotten blessings. <laughs> Relax and enjoy this unique experience of guided past life regression meditation with Dr. Sandra. Dr. Sandra. Did I say doctor? I think you did. I said doctor. That's so weird. (laughs) Doctor. Did I just invent a thing? (laughs) The female version of a doctor? (laughs) Sexist. (laughs) Um, Oh, uh, Dr. Sandra's method is a gentle but deep guided meditation she does not use hypnosis or hypnotherapy for her sessions okay. if you feel that's yeah that's interesting. That is interesting so you might actually remember some of this stuff <laughs> if you feel you are in need of such therapy dr sandra encourages you to seek a clinician who can help you in that way so if you feel like you need to be hypnotized then she can direct you towards a clinician to hypnotize you <laughs> Oh, I remember what I was going to say earlier. So in watching Penn and Teller's BS, um, they, they talk about this whole idea of regressive therapy and uh, past lives and all that kind of thing. And they show a, a snippet of a lady who who's going through one of these sessions, okay? And she claims to be like the best friend of Josephine, the, the wife of Napoleon or whatever, right? And they, they make the point in the show that nobody ever goes through these sorts of past life regression therapies um, and is just a dog washer. Right. They're or, always a person. Right. They're, they're always a person of, uh, of interest, mm-hmm. a, an important person. Mm-hmm. You know, they're never just a peasant just 
trying not to die of malaria. (laughs) (laughs) The pox. (laughs) You know, just digging through garbage, looking for apple cores just to survive, that kind of thing. (laughs) So did you find anything anything interesting on uh, the website, heavenconnection.com? I just so I went to her background, mm-hmm. and I just want to read this first part. Okay. So her doctorate is in humane religious studies. Yes. I wrote the first animal chaplain training program in the world, and have trained animal chaplains throughout the United States, in the UK, Canada, and Australia. As in, animals <laughs> teach you about religion, like I mean, that's what like a chaplain a, is, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I've never heard of that before. Me either. That's why I made that face when I... Yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic. Okay. Anything else from the website? I think she made up a word. Acomedition. What does that mean? As an acomedition, a humane educator and theologian, I am the director of the Animal Chaplain Training and Ordination Program at Emerson Theological Institute. She... Uses she tells she's us that she's ordained with like the animal chaplain th- thing three times, and there are uh-huh. six bullet points. <laughs> <laughs> I oh my gosh! <laughs> All right, I don't even know what to make of that. So that is Doctor <laughs> Sandra in Sedona. <laughs> okay, oh um, you have another pamphlet. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, this one is the Crystallis Institute for Personal and Planetary Healing. And I don't know if I'll be able to say this person's made-up name right, but it's <laughs> Naisha Asians. They're spelled weird. Asians? Asian. Oh, hold on. What is it? It's Asian with an H. Asian. Asian. I'm thinking Asian. So Naisha Asian. That's how I would say that. Okay. Naisha Asian. Sounds a lot less racist that way. <laughs> well, isn't it kind of... Never mind. <laughs> so she is the author of four books. Okay. Or I guess she's the author of three books and is the founder and editor of another one. But I'm just going to read the book titles. Okay. So the first one is The Book of Stones. And the subtitle is Who They Are and What They Teach. The stones. As yes. in rocks. Yeah. What you can learn from rocks. Who they are. Okay. And what they teach. So they're like living soul kind of thing? <laughs> I guess. It, she doesn't <laughs> have any explanations life, of what they are. In a past life, I was a rock. Yeah. That's my favorite one. <laughs> Just who they are. She suddenly humanizes all these rocks. Mm-hmm. Uh, the crystal ally cards. Mm-hmm. The Crystal Path to Self-Knowledge. And The Little Book of Infinite Abundance. Okay. Yeah. All right. Infinite Abundance. That seems a little redundant. Yeah. (laughs) And it's a little book. It's a little book. So it's redundant and ironic. Yes. (laughs) And then I guess there's a magazine, Crystal Resonance Magazine, that she's the founder and editor of. Which means she probably writes most of the articles, too. <laughs> and there, was a, there were a ton of crystals shops. Oh, yeah. Book. Like, we went into one, and they had, they had some, some really cool ones, like mm-hmm. big old, like, gems. Um, 
like like courts kind of looking stuff. I don't know what they actually were mm-hmm. called. Um, some of which were just massive, like yeah. half the size of me. You know, <laughs> that you could buy for like you know three grand or whatever it was. Yeah, they're not cheap rocks, right? And um, but then they had like those those big old um, tables with like all the baskets and stuff of all the different kinds of gemstones and whatnot. And my favorite one was for obsidian. Mm-hmm. Okay, so obsidian <laughs> is a, a very sh- like kind of glossy, very deep black um, rock, um, and they have a little description on it, like what its like psychic power is, or how it aids you in in like psychic stuff. And it said um, aids in um, blocking psychic attacks. <laughs> <laughs> Wish you've had fun with that work. Yeah. So yeah, like. Yeah, I won't explain why. <laughs> anyway, um, anything else about crystals well, or the Crystallis Institute? Um, so, let's see. She's had over 25 years of professional healing practice and 21, and 21 years of teaching vibrational healing. <laughs> and does it say what she cures with vibrational healing? Um, let's see. She's created crystal resonance therapy and the Primus activation healing technique. TM. Oh my gosh. It's like listening to like Deepak Chopra just misuse um, like scientific, scientific terms. terms. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like you are not using those words correctly. <laughs> so she calls them healing modalities. And uh, apparently these therapies are supposed to take advantage of our current understanding of the physics of light energy and the dynamics of consciousness. Oh. Please. Check within your heart to feel whether a healing session, session or intuitive consultation at Crystallis Institute in Sedona would serve your needs. Oh, my gosh. They're doing the Mormon thing. Yeah, and check within your heart. Oh, my gosh. That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ooh, don't, it don't, isn't bother, ju- don't bother looking into the evidence as to whether or not this will actually help you. Just make sure you feel good about it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Crystal Resonance Therapy, TM. Mm-hmm. Sessions are one hour long and can be used to target a number of issues, including physical healing support, behavioral pattern evolution support, relationship and karmic contract release. <laughs> wait, wait, read that one again. <laughs> relationship and karmic contract release. Karmic contact release? Contract. Contract. As in like a written contract between two people. Like that? I, I guess. Because they're talking about relationships, right? Yeah. But what, what? if it's a release, like you're being released from a from karma that happened in like a past life or karma something. Karma contract. Re- so like you do something really bad and you're supposed to get what's coming to you. That's right. like the idea of karma, right? Yeah. So contract release then would be saying you do something bad, but you don't get the negative consequence. Is that what they're saying? I guess. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it sounds like they're saying. <laughs> so that's, can, yeah, that's what I That thought. sounds very, very Christian. <laughs> You know, you do something bad and you just pray to the right God and then you're absolved of all responsibility or guilt. Mm, yeah. Um, wait, there are three more. Okay. You're going to love these ones too. Oh my gosh. The next one is ancestral and epigenetic pattern release. I don't even know what? where to start with that one. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I recognize words or parts of these words, but putting them together just makes them completely foreign. Right. Uh, higher self-communion and soul path download. Oh, that just sounds. That that sounds like the the TV show down, uh, Dollhouse, 
where they upload oh. brains into computers and then put them into like other people. Interesting. Yeah. The final one is alternate <laughs> life healing. Okay. And just so you know, distance healing support is also available. <laughs> it's like that thing that we talked about in one of our earlier episodes about um, getting, uh, what is it, like uh, conflict resolution through astral projection or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> like, That's how is right. this? How is this actually resolving anything? It sounds like you're just, you know, playing pretend in your own mind and then feeling good about yourself yeah. as if you've done something. Yeah, it's worse than prayer. <laughs> or maybe, maybe about the it's same. Probably about the same. About the same as prayer. They do the same. Yeah. <laughs> is that it for the Crystallis Institute? Yeah. Okay. Uh, the next one I have is psychic heart soul guide quote profound quote. Truly a gift to the world. Rachel Starr of Sedona. They really like the whole of Sedona thing. Yeah. Star of the Sedona New Age show. That's a show? Why wasn't I made aware of this? Well, if it's a show, that makes all of this make more sense. Right. <laughs> but I'm, I want to go to this show. <laughs> um, chosen spiritual blogger, Sedona Red Rock News. There's a couple... Uh, telephone numbers and email addresses following are all included in every positive, healing, accurate spiritual reading. Complimentary relaxing guide meditation before reading. This is not very well structured. Yeah. <laughs> this pamphlet definitely needs more punctuation. <laughs> Loving tarot, astrology, with or without time and location of birth. Past life insight, numbers, any questions answered, questions optional. <laughs> questions optional? <laughs> she also does phone readings and is available at goddessthewaycom All right, so, okay, so here's the back of the pamphlet. The moment you sit, dot, 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 your peace elicits an audible awe. Oh, 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 yes. I remember why I grabbed this pamphlet. Oh. <laughs> this is the one where she shows a picture of her lazy boy chair. The chair that you oh, get to yeah. sit in. <laughs> the, that you get to sit in um, during these readings. And it looks like um, like an old like Navajo pattern, like, like, like a Navajo rug kind of thing, um, but like really worn out. It looks like a very comfortable chair. It probably is a very comfortable chair. I don't know. Maybe it's just a bad picture. It's the name that's the best part, though. Okay. Oh, there it is. Okay. I'll, I'll get to that in a second. <laughs> okay. okay. Um, with the pillow under your head, you melt like a baby wrapped in God's loving hug, suspended on a puffy cloud. Because <laughs> <laughs> puffy clouds are tangible like that. <laughs> okay, here's... Here's the name. Uh, free meditation in womb chair. W-O-M-B. Yeah. <laughs> so this chair is supposed to simulate your mother's womb as you go through one of these sessions. Rachel Starr of Sedona has 30 plus years of reading, teaching, and healing. That's a bad sentence. <laughs> okay. Any subject is accessible for non-judgmental insight and guidance through divine spirit. She knows as God. So she calls God divine spirit. 
always positive and loving spirit can help you turn negatives around, gifting you with deep enlightenment of yourself and others, as well as higher wisdoms, semicolon, enabling the current flow to shift into healthy, joyful peace. That is our birthright. It is our birthright to have healthy, joyful peace. Your reading, or sorry, her reading, is known to heal emotions. What? How do you Wait. heal emotions? <laughs> <laughs> as well as give accurate insights on any aspects of your life. She also affects... Oh my gosh, she's using the wrong effects. Uh, she also affects physical healing through a Reiki chair, chair session, and or young living medicinal grade essential oils. Um, oh my gosh, essential oils. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I need to show that to my mom. Yeah. Mom, this is what essential oils are being used for. Right. <laughs> Rachel is sought by movers and shakers who influence our world. <laughs> and is... Movers and shakers, isn't that... What's that? Why have I heard that before? It's an old like uh, religious term, I think. Movers and shakers. Really? Yeah. I'm not actually sure what it what it really means but i've just heard a lot a lot of people use it um and is the reader's reader that's like her final um title the reader's reader it's like uh, louis ck is the comedian's comic yeah okay movers <laughs> and shakers is a term used to refer to business leaders and those who have made great accomplishments that's what i thought i thought it was like a more oh. worldly term okay that's why that was weird okay. <laughs> well there you go yeah uh, okay. You got another one? Yes, I do. And I already brought up the website. Okay. Okay, so this is just called the Center for the New Age. <coughs> um, and they sell lots of stuff. And they also offer aura photos, tarot reading, 15 certified psychic readers, <laughs> personal vortex tours, UFO sighting tours, creekside <laughs> healing, past life regression, and astrology reports. And everything is printed upside down now, so I need to flip it over. But they have, I think it's like 13. These are 13, quality pamphlets here. Yeah. They have like 13 people that run this place, I guess. So it's a and big institute. I think I want to read their titles. Okay. I'll it. leave off the names, but I'm going to read their titles. So okay. Psychic Medium UFO Sighting Tours. That was kind of normal in a mm. weird way. Uh, the next one, connecting your heart experience and your life now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Spiritual psychic of Sedona. That's one you see a lot. Uh, medical intuitive, psychic master iridologist. Iridologist. I don't know what that word is. Uh, it, <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Astrologer and spiritual counselor. Angelic messenger. Mm. Energy healer and metaphysical counselor. So, so these are all titles of people in this organization. Yes. So one of the people that works for this this organization is an, an angelic, angelic messenger. messenger. It looks like she's an ordained minister and does like weddings, baptisms, mm. celebrations, relationship readings, past life regression, <laughs> messages from beyond, okay. soul alignment. She's also a holistic healer, does the Creekside healing stuff. Vortex healings, chakra what? balancing, and Reiki master. Good grief. <laughs> yeah. It would take too long to read all of these people's mm -hmm. uh, hobbies. <laughs> okay, so we it's did... putting that nicely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, see, so we did 
energy healer, metaphysical counselor. Then there's spiritual guide and intuitive healer. Then there's the certified theta healer, preeminent psychic. Theta? As in... Wait, no. The Scientology is thetans. Yes. Okay. Not not thetans. Not thetans. Theta. Yes. Okay. Uh, there's a psychic intuitive, a psychic extraordinaire, because <laughs> she had to one-up the intuitive. <laughs> the... Maybe she's just very uh, animated. Yeah. Uh, the relationship psychic and psychic and destiny accelerator. And then the aura photo reader. <laughs> the aura photo. It's like, how is that not just blatantly just like a Photoshop thing? You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's why I, out of all of the things, I think getting your aura read from like six different yeah. places would be awesome just to see the differences. <laughs> it's like, how is this different from Snapchat? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, that's what it sounds like. Yeah, but I just, I went, so I went to their uh, website and uh-huh. <laughs> to their store. Okay. They sell <laughs> wands. Like Harry Potter style wands? Well, not exactly that style, but yeah, a wand of that vein. Okay. So like for doing magic. I guess. I don't, I don't know. These are. Should weird. I get my obsidian they're, out? They're, they're for healing and they all have like <laughs> stones in them. And they're all pretty expensive. Like this one is between six and seven inches, and it costs sixty-seven fifty. Like sixty-seven dollars and fifty cents. Okay. Okay. Yeah, they all have like planetary influences and chakras that they influence and <laughs> what they represent. Like one of them represents air. Oh, I, I, this is crazy stuff. <laughs> it's like the the gemstone thing that that we found at that one shop. You know, yeah, but they're made into wands. Right. Yeah, so it it does tell you what, like, uh, crystals or whatever are in them and what they're mm-hmm. supposed to do and how they're supposed to help you. But, yeah, they've got, you know, jewelry of all kinds, mm-hmm. amulets, things that you can use to decorate your home, dragons, deities, fairies, gargoyles <laughs> and demons, mermaids, uh, yes. yoga things, ooh, wall hangings. It's crazy. And it's all really expensive. <laughs> of course it is. Because that's all this, that, that's what this is all about. Oh, yeah. It's all about making money. For sure. Good grief. Um, is that it for that one? Mm-hmm. Center for the New Age? Yeah. Oh, it's that building we drove past like 50 times. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Because we, we got super lost. <laughs> <laughs> Which is kind of funny because Sedona is not that big. No. <laughs> okay, so... The next one I have is Crossing Worlds, Sedona and Hopi, insightful, inspiring, in-depth, journeys and retreats. Um, So this one seems to be mixing a little bit of like Native American culture into this stuff. And uh, there's a lot of, it's actually kind of a longer um, pamphlet, so I won't read everything. But one of the things that um, caught my attention in this one is they have a section it says, be your own shaman. So one of the things that they do is they teach you how to be a shaman, you know, for a price. Um, <laughs> so I'll just read what this says. It says, the Soul Journey Studio Sessions develop attention, intention, insight with shamanic journey, conscious shifts, cognitive dreaming, 
and more in a sequential progression of skills based on Sandra's more than 22 years of practice. Is this the same This Sandra? is another Sandra? I don't know. If it's a, is it the same one? It's probably not. It doesn't say Dr. Sandra. Yeah, I think they would have referenced that on the other pamphlet. Yeah. Or on the website. I don't see it. Oh, here we go. So Sandra Cosentino, MS. MS. Yeah. <laughs> Master of Science. So has been, has since 1991 been creating customized nature, cultural, and personal growth experiences for universities, families, businesses, groups, and visitors from around the world at Arizona Native from a pioneer family. She was a school teacher, natural resource manager, forest service, fire lookout, and worked professionally with Native American groups, lifelong uh, nature explorer with more than three decades of sharing friendship and respect with indigenous peoples, her informed passion, scientific and mystical knowledge, intuition, and talented circle of host slash guides create a bridge for a better, or for you to enter this world. I'm not entirely sure what I just read. <laughs> Me okay. either. Um, okay, so Sandra's more than 22 years years of experience receiving receive mentoring feedback, intuitive insights. The grammar in these is just awful. <laughs> okay, so point one. Core shamanic journey spirit helper skills. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> you may want to take a breath. <laughs> uh, it's like listening to a person read for the first time. <laughs> these, these are not words that I think I've ever put in this order before. That's why it's funny. Because <laughs> they're all familiar words and then you string them in a weird way and yeah. it's like... I no longer know how to read. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, how many adjectives can this person have? Oh okay. Um, so they're explaining point number one. Foundational skills develop based on timeless pathways. We use focused intention to connect with the sentient life force of the universe and our higher self for insight, energetic support. There should be an and in there. Outdoor version. <laughs> oh. So this was the indoor version. So the outdoor version is mystical nature, shamanic journey. Okay. Okay. Two, inner pathways, conscious evolution. Powerful insight tools to enhance seeing, lucid dreaming, meditation, tracking and clearing embedded energies and patterns, inner sanctuary work to restore original matrix, insight into genetic patterns, raise frequency, listen to body wisdom, Develop here-now presence as your point of power. Chakra clearing and sound healing. So maybe they have one of those sound beds where you get to sit on top of a marimba. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, three, extraction clearing, restoring original matrix. Do they explain what a matrix is? Um, maybe at a different point in this pamphlet. Oh, okay, it's okay. Um, different tours. I just know if I Google Matrix, I'm going to get the movie. Yeah. Circle of Power. Ancestor Wisdom Circle. Sunset Stars Nature Solo Vision Circle. Mystical Nature Shamanic Journey. Earth and Sky Speak to Us Nature Awareness Attunement. Okay. <laughs> this is like something I would read like 
like in a RPG video game. Yeah, a know? science fiction book. <laughs> okay, what was I on number three? Yeah. Extraction, clearing, restoring original matrix. Okay. Release to open to new. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> What kind of two are they using? <laughs> uh, T-O. In both? In both. Release? Release to open, open to new. That doesn't make sense, right? Here, look at it. Number three. I, yeah, I... I... Does, does that make any grammatical sense to you? Release to open to new. Does that make any sense? No. That doesn't make any sense to me either. Release to open to new. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. I don't get it. Upper world work for spiritual support. Okay. Upper, okay. upper world. Upper whatever, world. Whatever which I assume is. means here. Okay. Or maybe not. I don't know. Are we middle world? <laughs> middle earth. Because <laughs> like lower world would imply like hell or Hades or something like that, right? Like underworld kind of thing, dark and dreary. So I guess it depends on if they believe in that, though. Well... They do use lower world in the next one. Oh. So maybe it'll be a little bit more clear. But what would, be, what would heaven be if this was upper world? That's my question. I don't know. Are we middle world? Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, okay, so upper, upper world work for spiritual support. Journey work to uncover and shift a block slash belief slash intrusion slash addiction. Okay. Ceremony, integration, follow-up advice, session one, prerequisite. <laughs> they have prerequisites. <laughs> See, this is all This is top-tier new yes. age. Yeah. It's like your sophomore year. Yes. Four, soul retrieval. Recru- reclaim vital energy. You track... Oh, my gosh. You track in the lower world... To find your own soul part, negotiate and bring it home, a deeply self-nurturing act. Huh. That's sounds like a mythic journey. Right, it sounds like gods. It sounds like you have lost your soul and you have to go find it and bring it home. Yeah. Much like Zelda. <laughs> Is that the story <laughs> of Zelda? Well, Link has to go find Zelda, bring her back. You know, she's a princess in distress or whatever. I don't know. I only ever played like part of his soul. I only ever played like half of one game. I'm just saying it's like, you know, going and saving something. So she is not a soul. All the damsel in distress stories. Exactly. Your soul is in distress. It's just odd that you chose Zelda. I don't know. We're only playing that (laughs) half a game. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. I, I journey for you too, seeking what is ready to come home to you now. I journey for you to seeking what is ready to come home to you now. Then why should we journey if she'll do it for us? I don't know. Integration ceremony, follow up advice, session one and three prerequisite. Not two. Not two. <laughs> <laughs> now inner pathways conscious conscious evolution is not prerequisite for soul retrieval. <laughs> Clip. 
Should I read it clean? <laughs> Inner Pathways Conscious Evolution is not prerequisite for soul retrieval. <laughs> I want to put that on my phone. <laughs> oh, it's so nonsensical. <laughs> okay, last one. Number five. <laughs> Past life, mystic child, future self, issues, visioning. <laughs> Are you crying? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I can't help it. <laughs> okay. Uh, <clears throat> redreaming ceremony to recast energies. Reclaim. How do you redream. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what any of this means. <laughs> oh my god. I'm just trying to read the sentences. <laughs> Let me try that one again. <clears throat> Redreaming ceremony to recast energies, reclaim visionary childhood connections, past and future insights, ancestor journey, find your power song. Ooh. I wonder if it has to be an 80s hairband. <laughs> <laughs> Tune into specific topics. Deepen dream and energy release skills as time allows. So there seems to be a lot of dreaming involved in this one. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, they, they even list um, the prices. So one person session is $155, two hours. Um, let's see, $235 for a three hour combined session. Two person session is $100 per person for two hours, $130 per person for a three hour combo session. Three to four people is $85 per person for two and a half hours. So do it in a group. Do it in a group. <laughs> $110 per person for a three and a half hour combo session. So, yeah. (laughs) Okay, so that's all I want to read from that one. (laughs) It was enough. Yeah. Be be your own shaman. (laughs) Okay, we have one left. And this is just called The Sedona Healing Journey by Vishali Shaheen. And this woman looks maybe Greek. (laughs) Uh, she is an energy healer and spiritual journey guide. Oh, my gosh. And I grabbed this one just because of the first paragraph. Okay. So, energy medicine. Vishali is a certified quantum touch practitioner. Certified where? <laughs> <laughs> it's like... It's like a kid getting like a, a, an honorary uh, like police badge from a box of yeah, Cracker Jacks or yeah. something, you know? <laughs> or even from the sheriff himself. It's like, hey, you can be a deputy, but right. can you really be a deputy? No. Can you really do anything? Well, what the hell is quantum touch? It, it's like, well, they had that on one of the episodes of Penn and Teller. The, the the lady with the crystal bed. Oh yeah, she's a quant- the one that couldn't read Sanskrit and couldn't tell you anything about right. what any of the crystals and were. All of the instructions were in like Portuguese or something, and so she was just guessing. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so yeah, so she's a certified quantum touch practitioner. 
<laughs> Quantum touch is a method of natural healing that works with the life force energy of the body to, to promote balance and what, wellness. What, what is unnatural healing? Healing with real medicine, probably. <laughs> healing can also be done long distance. Of course, because it doesn't matter when you're making it up. Yes, quantum touch works well. Distance ain't no thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it works well with any health-related issue and works well with chronic pain issues. You can call for a free consultation, but it's $80 a session. Of course it is. Um, let's see, so she does spiritual journey tours. Have you ever wondered what is beyond the chatter of your busy mind? Come and have the experience of journeying into your own center and connect <laughs> and connect more deeply with your intuition and higher guidance. Uh, she does vortex tours, which will reawaken your connection to yourself and to the earth. Uh, Somehow. Yeah. And then she just does a broad Sedona tour and offers beginning meditation. I want to read one of these testimonials, though. Do it. Okay. So this is the first one. Quote, I had a history of a hernia in my right groin. I did not want to have surgery. My wife was pushing me for surgery, right, and I was getting concerned. Because why use real medicine? Why? Yeah. Vishali worked on me long distance, and after the first session, the hernia retreated in, but not all the way. After the second session, the hernia went back in and it has stayed in. It's been a year now and counting. Unquote. And how many boxes of rocks do you lift? <laughs> yeah. That reminds me of my my dad. My mom, uh, He got a hernia like uh, last year or something. Oh, did he? And my mom used like the essential oils on him before taking him to the doctor. And they never went to the doctor because suddenly the hernia disappeared. That's not good. Nope. Especially because he has really bad problems, like with his mm -hmm. back and his sciatic nerve right now. It's like, yeah. go to the doctor. <laughs> <laughs> you have insurance? Go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> okay, so we should probably uh, explain what a vortex is. Can you explain what a vortex is? <laughs> I will attempt. <laughs> Even the plaque at the vortex couldn't accurately explain what a vortex do, was. Do you, do you have that picture? Didn't you, didn't you take a picture of it? Oh, I don't know if I did. I can look real quick. Oh, it, it, it's fine. I, I have a website up. Um, I just remember kind of enjoying the way that they phrased it. Um, so this is a guide to Sedona.com where they explain the vortexes. So Sedona Vortex Sites, over 4 million visitors a year come to Sedona to experience Sedona's vortex sites, red rocks, and spiritual energy. In our case, it was mostly the, the red rocks. <laughs> well, we wanted to experience the vortex, but through someone else. Right. <laughs> um, okay, so what is the definition of vortex? A vortex is a place in nature where the earth is exceptionally alive with energy. Okay. The term vortex in Sedona refers to a place where the earth energy swirls and draws into its or to its center everything that surrounds it like a tornado. At these magical sites, they even call it magical, trees often exhibit this swirling or twisting of their trunks due to the powerful vortex energy at the core of a Sedona vortex. Did you so, notice any of that? <laughs> well, they, they include pictures of trees that have, like, 
swirling branches and tr- trunks that are kind of twisted a, a little bit. Isn't that but just the vegetation, though? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, that's all over Arizona. Right. This is just the way that these these trees and these plants just grow naturally, you know? Like, like why would they assume that because this, one of the pictures is a, a big tree um, where the trunk is kind of tilted over, so it, like, creates kind of like a C, Right, so the branches are sticking out to one side. Um, why would you assume that that has anything magical? Do they all grow into the same point? So, like a tree on the opposite side would curl in the other way. Well, Can the the uh, the biggest part of the uh, tree that branches off of the trunk, the biggest branch, I guess, kind of does this S thing and goes the other direction. So, so, so that <laughs> obviously did not feel the vortex's power. Right. So that particular branch had no vortex. So there's that. <laughs> and then they have another one that's just kind of an old gnarly looking tree with lots of twists and turns in the branches. But again, like this isn't like an, yeah. <laughs> you know, so by this logic, wouldn't you think that just simply going to a vortex would twist you? Right. You would feel the pull. Right. I felt nothing. I felt nothing either. We weren't even 100% sure we were standing on the vortex. Yeah. Because it basically said that plaque that a vortex could be a huge area. It could be everything in that vicinity, remember? Yeah. <laughs> it's not so much a point as it is an area. It, yeah. So it, it's like, so it. this whole mountain above the airport is a vortex? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then, again, going back to the uh, Penn and Teller show, they, uh, so they talked to one of these experts that knows about uh, vortexes, right, to try to get some kind of explanation. And she said something about how there's like this electromagnetic force that's pulling and turning and doing this, these weird things. And she was certain that if you were to use some kind of measuring device, you would be able to know uh, or notice a, a difference between a vortex and a non-vortex. Mm-hmm. So guess what Penn and Teller did? Mm-hmm. They, they got a professor at uh, what was it, ASU or something. And they, uh, they got some device that measures electromagnetic magnetic fields, and they showed that the, uh, the site that they were saying was a vortex and just some random site somewhere else have about the same amount of electromagnetic pull um, between the two of them. And in fact, the one that was considered a vortex was, was slightly, slightly less. less. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And as they point out, and this is, I think, really important to point out, um, magnets have virtually no effect on people. Uh, like, we're just not made of magnetic magnet, stuff, yeah. you know? So even if there was some kind of electromagnetic force floating around at these vortex sites, it probably wouldn't really do anything to us. Mm-hmm. You know, it might mess up your watch. <laughs> Which, I guess, would be a, a fine way of uh, testing the vortexes, you know? Yeah. Take a watch there or a compass. Like a compass would just mm-hmm. go crazy, just go crazy. Just spinning around yeah. trying to find north. You mm-hmm. know? Lots of ways you can test this. And I'm not even a scientist. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Good stuff. Crazy stuff. So, so uh, let's see. So why did we want to go to Sedona and talk about all of this crazy stuff? Why? Yeah. Why do it? Because it's entertaining. Well, yes. I know you're trying to get to a point, but I'm not entirely sure. Like, what is the connection between this crazy New Age stuff and the stuff that we generally generally talk about 
regarding religion and whatnot. Just the idea of belief? Yeah. What, what I was kind of getting to, trying to get to is that it's really easy for people to look at the beliefs of other people okay. and find the flaws in it. Right. You know, it's like the, uh, the old argument that uh, if you want to find out what's wrong with Christianity, ask a Jew. Mm. If you want to know what's wrong with Judaism, ask a Muslim. If you want to know what's wrong with Hinduism, you know, ask a, a Jain. You know, mm. it's like anybody looking at somebody else's worldview that's based on faith and not evidence can really easily point, uh, like poke holes in it. And in a lot of ways, it, at least with um, things like New Age stuff, it's kind of comical um, that people believe this stuff. At least to me, I find it comical. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the bigger point is that there are a lot of people out there who look at other people's religions and like, find all this ridiculous stuff that has no basis um, in reality. Um, and then they apply that to their own belief system. They say, well, what crazy things do I believe, believe, you know, people make fun of Scientologists for believing in the gigantic volcano and Lord Xenu and Thetans and all that kind of stuff. Um, but is that really any crazier than Catholics believing that during mass, when they pray over some crackers and some wine, that it literally turns into the body and blood of Jesus or that when Mormons go to a temple, they can vicariously baptize and therefore save the souls of dead people, mm-hmm. you know, like, like there's lots of crazy things that people believe without evidence. And when you look at it, at it, it, when you try to apply your own, uh, criticism or uh, critical thinking to your own beliefs, in my experience and from what I've seen from a lot of other people is that it invariably leads to disbelief. Um, that's a way that's, a common way that um, that people become atheists. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm thinking of examples like Bill Burr, who I believe was raised a Catholic. Um, he talks about it in one of his stand-up specials um, where he was just laughing at other people's beliefs. Mm-hmm. And then he realized, oh, wait, Catholics believe some really crazy stuff too. I guess it's all wrong, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> like, I don't have any good reason to believe all this crazy nonsense. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so... I don't know, it just reminds me of a, uh, well, in my, in my particular case, when I was at BYU, I don't remember if I mentioned this before, I may have, but I, I went to a gathering with some other students at BYU, and at this little, you know, shindig, we uh, got into a conversation where somebody asked, if you weren't Mormon, because everybody there's Mormon, mm-hmm. if you weren't Mo- Mormon, what would you be religiously? And a lot of people were saying things like, you know, Catholic or Seventh-day Adventist, um, you know, those sorts of like more mainstream forms of Christianity. Um, And I said, if I wasn't Mormon, I would probably be an atheist because I can't take any other religion seriously. And this was before I really acknowledged my doubts. So mm-hmm. it's, it seems a little silly to say that you can't take any religion other than Mormonism seriously. <laughs> <laughs> it seems a little silly to me now. But, but you know, you, you're raised in Mormonism. Yeah. You go on a mission. You go to BYU. I mean, it was my, ex- my whole life experience. Yeah. You know. And, uh, and the reaction that I got from most of the other people was, oh, well, that's just silly. Like, atheists are ridiculous. Like, you can't be an atheist. You know, <laughs> atheists are the worst and all that kind of thing, because there's a lot of stigma against mm-hmm. atheists, which is something we've talked about a lot lately. Mm-hmm. Um, and, 
anyway, so that was what I wanted to uh, kind of tack on at the end of that conversation about Sedona. Yep. Um, anything else from the uh, Sedona excursion? Uh, no. What was your favorite part? Of Sedona? Yeah. The scenery. <laughs> the scenery there is amazing. Yeah. It's really beautiful. Which is probably the real reason people go there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because you couldn't have... I don't think they would be as successful in creating this new age haven in like downtown Phoenix or right, you know, right. someplace that's a lot less scenic. Yeah, because it was a small town. Yeah, with lots and lots of red rocks and yeah. cool formations and stuff. Yep. yep, it's like a little mini Grand Canyon down there. Well, that, ish, ish. Yeah. What was your favorite part? Um, probably the Buffalo Burger. I was going to say that, but then I didn't, because I think I liked the landscape better. Yeah. That burger uh, was a lot better the first time. Yeah, it was a little bit different. It was different. Yeah. That's okay. Nobody listening to this is going to know what we're talking about. Nope. That's okay. It's because it wasn't called a bison burger. Yeah. Okay, any, uh, anything else you want to talk about? Any articles you got? Uh, do you want to keep going? Yeah. Okay. We can talk about a couple of things. Um, okay, so moving away from the New Age stuff, okay. let me pull up this stuff. Um, so this is one that a friend shared on Facebook. Mm -hmm. Pull it up. Uh, LDS missionaries' actions to be restricted in Russia, and the church responds. <laughs> so basically, Vladimir Putin signed into law or whatever. Um, um, a new law that will, let's see, where is it? It's part of a counterterrorism effort mm -hmm. and it severely limits religious missionary activities. So anyone who preaches, prays, or disseminates materials in private residences can be deported and fined as much as $15,000. Um, so basically the only places that you're allowed to like proselytize are in designated church buildings. Mm -hmm. And the church has just responded by saying that they're going to follow and honor the law. Right. Because if they continue... don't, they'll just get kicked out. Yeah. <laughs> and the church will further study and analyze the law and its impact as it goes into effect. So, I don't know. Well, it's interesting to me because this is the sort of thing that people will point to to say that Vladimir Putin is a non-religious bigot. Okay. But in some ways it makes sense. But the the problem with the argument that he's non non-religious bigot mm -hmm. is that he's very religious. Oh he's, yeah, he's very much um, in favor of traditional Russian orthodoxy, uh -huh. um, and so he wants to limit the the um, like more fringe um, religions out there and anything that the Russian Orthodox Church doesn't like, like for instance, gay people. So he has lots of crazy laws about um, how you can't um, talk about homosexuality openly in public and that kind of stuff. Hmm. Um, and so, yeah. So the idea that he's just this crazy uh, atheist, like it's like they're trying to make him into the new Stalin or Lenin or something like that. Oh, they're definitely trying to, you know, that's how they say his name, <clears throat> Putin, Putin, you know, like <laughs> he's the next Stalin and Lenin. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's kind Two of syllable name. It's just silly to me. <laughs> It's like he's a, I mean, he's a, he's trying to be a dictator, I think, in a lot of ways. 
Um, but to say that he's not religious, I think, is ignorant. Um, anyway. Yeah. I don't have anything else to say on that. I just thought it was interesting. Okay. Yeah, it, there was another article that I found. I, I forget where it was. It was some country in um, South America, I think, like Nicaragua or something. Okay. Um, where there was a missionary who, um, if I remember correctly, he served in the country and then went home and got married mm -hmm. and then took his wife to his mission, like just to show her like where he went on his mission or something like mm -hmm. that. And when he went back, he was detained for being a spy. <laughs> okay. Because he went back? I guess. I don't know. It was just kind of funny. Because lots of missionaries do that. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty common. Yeah. <clears throat> Interesting. Anyway. So that, that's not an article that I saved for this. So I don't have, like, specific details on it. That's just <laughs> what, what I remember about it. Huh. Um, let's see. So I do have an article. This is somewhat related to some of the stuff we've talked about with regards to the way that believers look at non-believers. Okay. Okay. And, and this is an article that I mentioned to you a couple days ago. Mm -hmm. So this is a Georgia woman who was um, arrested for letting her teenage daughter and oh. her teenage friends do some pretty naughty things at a party, including oh. Naked Twister. And she also had sex with at least one of the people there who was 18 or something like that. Anyway, so... It, the, well, the 18, charge, it's legal. <laughs> it's legal, yes, but, but the, the, uh, the crime that they're um, charging her with is something like, oh, here it is, contributing to the delinquency of minors. Okay. So she, uh, so this has been like a, a legal battle going on for about a year now. And uh, let's see. So the 36-year-old divorced mother of five participated in what is perhaps the wildest parent-approved teen party in recent memory. The mother allegedly allowed her 16-year-old daughter and others to smoke weed, get drunk, and play naked twister in her home. Okay? So not the best example and probably not a good thing to do as a parent. Right. Um, let's see. This lady, her name is Rachel Lenhart of Evans, Georgia. Um, and then it says that she allegedly had sex with an 18-year-old teen in the bathroom while others were continuing or continued playing Naked Twister. And it says a few other more explicit things that I won't say just because we want to keep this clean. So some pretty bad things happened. Okay. Um, as a result of this, Lenhart was sentenced to six years of probation and $600 in fines, which seems a bit light considering some of, the things, some of the things that happened. Um, the mother, who has lost custody of her five children, Ooh. must also receive drug and alcohol treatment. So some kind of AA-type program. Right. <clears throat> According to the Daily Mail, Lenhart had once been a member of the Mormon Church and, oh, yeah. and never touched alcohol. Mm. And that changed after her uh, 2014 divorce from her husband, James. Okay. So she gets, she, she's raised Mormon. She follows the Mormon church. She never has any alcohol. She uh, is married, has five kids. And then she gets divorced from her husband and goes off the deep end and starts drinking alcohol. Okay. How and old is she? 36, I think is what it said. Okay. And she has a 16-year-old daughter. 
Yeah. So, so she's she got married young. She's thirty six. Her her daughter was sixteen. Um, it doesn't say whether or not the daughter's the oldest. But still, she's like twenty when she has her daughter. Yeah, which is pretty common. Yeah, in, in just Mormondom. Weird to think about. Mm-hmm. Um, her lawyer Sean Hammond said he, his client feels remorse and is trying to start over again. Um, quote, Mrs. Lanhart has recommitted herself to her faith and her family. She is hopeful that her children, members of her faith and others, will learn from her poor example as to just how easy it is for people to exercise such extremely poor judgment while intoxicated. Okay. So this is going to be one of those um, one of those stories that gets thrown around during sacrament meetings mm-hmm. um, as an example of why... Uh, alcohol is a bad thing. Like why you should follow the word of wisdom, why you shouldn't leave the church. Yeah. That's the big thing I think. Mm -hmm. And, and when I read this the first time, um, it just, it, it, okay. So she's raised Mormon. She, uh, she's never had any alcohol Mm -hmm. and she has this traumatic experience and starts drinking. Okay. That means that she probably never had any examples of what responsible drinking looks like. She never interacted with an adult who knew how to re uh, uh, drink alcohol in any sort of responsible way. And so in her mind, just, you just go and get drunk and she doesn't know how to behave appropriately when she does that. Right. Um, and it, it just kind of reminds me of something else that we've talked about. Like what happens when somebody <clears throat> is raised to believe that um, you should be good so that you can get to heaven and avoid going to hell. And all of these things are coming from God. What happens to that person when they discover that God doesn't exist and mm-hmm. they don't have a sound um, secular reason to be a moral person? A lot of people struggle with being moral. And that mm-hmm. fuels the fire for a lot of religious people in terms of, of showing the, the, the perils of being a non-believer. Mm-hmm. You're like, look, look at all these people who leave religion and how hard it is for them to stay moral. Like, right. like they don't have a real basis to be a good person anymore. And yeah. so they, they don't be a good person. They start being a bad person. Mm-hmm. They start drinking a ton and doing all these ridiculous and immor- immoral things. It's like they were never given another option. They never learned what a like sound moral reasoning. They they never learned what that looked like. They never learned how to assess a situation and try to determine what the pros and cons morally are for a given choice, you know. And so they don't learn how to do that. Mm-hmm. So it's it's no wonder that when people leave religion, many of them struggle to continue to be moral people because they didn't have that type of education growing up, right. you know. And so they kind of it, it becomes a. a uh, what is it? Self-fulfilling prophecy, mm-hmm. you know, but in a bad way, right. you know, anyway. So, yeah. Do you have any other articles? Um, oh, VidAngel. Okay. <laughs> let's talk about VidAngel. <laughs> let's. let's. <laughs> so VidAngel, just real quickly, is just a company that allows you to stream movies through the internet um, by and uh, um, apply filters to them. So you can watch them edited. And they are currently being sued Mm -hmm. by some of the biggest names in entertainment. So like Disney and... uh, Let's see if I can pull them up. Disney, Lucasfilm, 20th Century Fox, and Warner Brothers. So they are all arguing that the company has been illegally streaming content. Mm -hmm. Um, 
So their argument basically is that it's un- unauthorized and that it's undercutting legitimate services like Netflix, Hulu, and iTunes mm-hmm. that all have that all license the movies and TV shows from the copyright owners. And VidAngel right. doesn't do that. Right, because they have a loophole mm-hmm. where they explain um, in one of their advertisements that you actually own the the movie, mm-hmm. like you purchase it at full price. And then you do all of the editing by clicking a few buttons to tell them where they should edit the, the movie. Mm-hmm. And then after a 24-hour period or however however long it is, you sell it back to VidAngel for $1 less than what you bought it. So the end result is you buy an edited movie for a dollar. Yeah. And you get to watch it for a day. Yeah. You know, but it, but again, it's just a loophole. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so VidAngel is... Um, I don't know what it's calling. So they're fighting back, and uh-huh. they're using the Family Home Movie Act of 2005 to... Uh, I'm really bad before. with words. But basically, the law um, creates an exception from copyright infringement um, that allows for limited changes to the audio or video in movies when viewed in a private home. So no fixed copy of the film can be created. But technology can be used to make amendments to movies for home consumption. So hmm. basically, that I think that was that kind of came about after the whole clean flicks debacle, uh-huh. because they were actually making physical copies of the videos yeah. and letting people take them home. Yeah, which I did. When Me I was, too. When I was at BYU. Oh, totally. That's yeah. how I watched a lot of rated R movies yeah. when I was thirteen. Cougar video, <laughs> <laughs> off of State Street. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Yeah. I had to drive two cities over to go to clean films, but oh really? Or my mom had to drive us. I was too young to drive. <laughs> um, yeah. So I just I think it's interesting because this has popped up on my wall a couple of times now, uh-huh. all from Mormons posting mm-hmm. it, and like they're all liking VidAngel now. Like, right. it's just I don't know. It's because they, they finally have the green light to watch movies that they wouldn't otherwise yeah. be able to watch. And like I. If I don't know. I have a hard time with this because, mm-hmm. um, so the man that created it, his last name is Harmon. I don't know if he has any relation to the Harmons that made Harmons. The grocery store? The grocery store. <laughs> but I, he said that they started it, one, because they're fathers and they want their, to be able to introduce their kids to um, entertainment and material their own way. Mm-hmm. You know, um, they don't think they should be exposed to certain things so young. Which I can respect, and I totally get. I wouldn't let my child of five years old watch Game of Thrones. Right. You know? You need to be a even, little bit older. Even the clean version, I probably wouldn't let them watch it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I have, like, that I can understand. But taking, I think, it's like plagiarizing, mm-hmm. in my mind. Like, taking, like, in all my art classes, there were a lot like you got talked to a lot about plagiarizing other people's work like you have mm-hmm. to change it up to like 90% for it to be considered not being plagiarized it's practically right unrecognizable mm-hmm. but i feel like people don't view movies and film and tv as an art form but mm-hmm. it is like it's yeah. the, like the director and the writer they created this piece of art mm-hmm. and they're giving it to the public to show like it's yeah. their art show yeah and then people are taking it and they are making it suit their own needs, which I think is plagiarizing hmm. in a way. I've never thought of it that way. 
Like that, that that's my interpretation of it. Like mm. I, if you have bought the physical copy and you make changes and you uh-huh. only show it in your home, like I don't really have a problem with that. Like you can buy a, an expensive piece of work and do what you want with it and people will probably hate you for it, but you bought it. It is technically yours now right. and you just can't resell it. But I, I don't know. I mean, I get that the vid angel thing is not a physical copy of anything, mm-hmm. but it's still changing yeah. something. It's still messing with what the artist vision was it's like if you don't feel like your child can watch it in its true form your child should not be introduced to it at all until they're ready to view the whole thing yeah i personally kind of have mixed feelings about the whole idea like on on the one hand i i get the uh the urge to have things be edited in certain Mm -hmm. ways um you know like for tv for instance, like I have no problem with them editing movies for TV, right? Um, because that's you know it's just out there, it's common, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, anybody can watch it. Also, have permission to do that. Exactly, and it and, has to fit a certain time. And, I, and I've often like wondered, like, why don't they make TV edited movies available? Mm. Like, why don't they just sell those? Mm-hmm. You know, but whatever. Um, but it's just the, the other thing is that it's just kind of funny because it's like somebody who, like in Utah, says something like effing. Or fetch, right. or heck, mm-hmm. or you know something like that. Instead of saying an actual expletive, because everybody knows what they mean. Yeah, they mean the expletive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, when you say fetching or effing, you mean the f word. Right. And everybody knows that you mean the f word. And when you say fetching, they don't think fetching like mm-hmm. the word you go grab something. Right. Um, they think the f word. Right. You know, so they're not really editing it in a way that you don't get the content, you just get it slightly altered so that it's all in your imagination. It's all in your head mm-hmm. rather than just seeing it, but your mind still goes there. Right. You know, that's why my mom wouldn't let us say words like that. Oh really? Yeah. We couldn't say, you couldn't say effing. You couldn't mm-hmm. say mother trucker. You couldn't wow. say like anything like crap or crud because of that reason, because yeah. she knew what you intended to say, right. but you didn't say it. Yeah. Which, I mean, as a kid, that really, really sucked. But yeah. I, I totally understand that now. Like, I, yeah. I mean, I see her, I see her reasoning. Mm-hmm. Because it's just like you said. It's in the person's imagination that's hearing that word. Yeah, but the, the, the bigger issue um, is that people are being offended by this stuff. Yeah. It's like, wh- why are you being offended? Like, why, why does the F word actually offend you? It's because it comes from the magical worldview that words have power. Mm-hmm. Okay, like not just that they influence the way you think about things, like actual magical power. Like mm-hmm. they call them curse words for a reason, right? Because they were actual curses, right? You know, like that's where that <laughs> term comes from. People thought they had magical properties, <laughs> right? And and the reason why so many people are offended by a lot of the things in something like Game of Thrones is because they have that religious sensibility that. When you see somebody get their head chopped off or when you see somebody get uh, raped or even just a regular sex scene, Mm -hmm. that invites the spirit of the devil. It pushes out the spirit of God Mm -hmm. and that essentially ruins your day. Right. You know, well, and (laughs) And they they also go further because they think that it gets ingrained in your mind and it's going to become a part of your psyche. And Mm -hmm. eventually, if you keep watching stuff like that, it's Mm -hmm. going to be a part of your action. Yeah. 
which is the same thing that they say about pornography. Right. You watch it once and it'll, it'll never leave you. You'll right. always have that. And that's only the case if you're sexually repressed. Exactly. You don't have a sexual outlet. Because I believed that to a T mm-hmm. when I was in the church because, that's because what happens of when you're my experience. Repressed. Exactly. Yes. Just reading a line in a book about, mm-hmm. oh, they had sex. It's like, holy crap, it wouldn't get out of my head. Yeah. Now I, I can go through an entire day without thinking about sex. <laughs> you, you know? know? <laughs> you know what it reminds me of? You remember that episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia mm-hmm. when um, Frank convinces D and Charlie that they've eaten human meat. Yes. Like they've eaten human. Uh-huh. Okay. And so they just go crazy, like trying to yeah. find it. Like, like they just become obsessed with trying to find this thing that was so delicious mm-hmm. to them. They'd never had it before. It's so mm-hmm. enticing. Mm-hmm. And they'd go on this, this you know journey to find out what it was and they where they got like it. They look like they're on drugs because they start like ticking right. and, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> and, and the munchies. Turns, and it turns out that, that Frank had just given them like raccoon meat or yeah. something, something like that. You know, something <laughs> mundane and kind of gross. Something you know? that Charlie had probably eaten already. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but but if it had been like a common thing, like where they had had, had that meat before, it wouldn't just drive them crazy trying to find it again you right. know, later, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's the same, th- same thing when you have a sexual outlet. You don't become obsessed with sex. Right. Because you have a healthy sexual attitude towards mm-hmm. sex. And uh, when you become sexually repressed and you're constantly trying to like, just bring it down and block it out mm-hmm. and think of hymns and scriptures instead of thinking of, you know, the impure thoughts that they tell you are impure. Yeah. You know, it, like it's easy to see how people become obsessed. What was the, uh, we were listening to that intelligence squared, um, debate with Christopher Hitchens yeah. and Stephen Fry against mm-hmm. the two Catholics. I was right? just thinking about that. And I think it was Stephen Fry said, the only people who obsess about food are anorexic and the morbidly obese. Mm-hmm. And that, in in erotic terms is the Catholic church, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> yeah, like, like that's the way the Catholic church looks at sex. That's mm-hmm. the way Mormons, I think look at sex yeah. and, and uh, a lot of religious people in general look at sex mm-hmm. and it's that all or nothing thing. You can't have this, this healthy middle ground, right? You know? Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. I hope that angel gets taken down. I've never been a fan of it. And I, yeah. I mean, this is, this is terrible, but I want my parents to not have access to that because mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I just, I hate it. I really do. I, I just, I, yeah, I think I've already said what I feel, how I feel about it. But, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, again, I, I have mixed feelings about it. I, I kind of like the idea of being able to talk to a Mormon about, um, the departed or, Right, Gangs but think about York, how much is going to be edited out of that movie. Like, right. everything that makes that movie good is just, like, the feel of it. And you mm-hmm. get the feel of it through the swearing and mm-hmm. through the violence. Like, it's very poignant to yes. that story. You need that. Yeah. And you and that's completely an miss part of, the, part of what the story is trying to tell you if yeah. you take it out. And that's the, other, that's the other side, is that that's part of the experience. Yeah. That, that feeling, that roller coaster of emotion and... <laughs> Yeah, I don't want to say too much about The Departed. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. It's definitely a good one. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> but anyway. like Disney movies are on there. Like, it's just, it's ridiculous. Oh, yeah. Wasn't uh, Aladdin edited more times? Than Gladiator. Than Gladiator. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, granted, Gladiator is mostly just violent. Yeah. Because there, there isn't really a sex scene in there, right? I know mm. there's a sexual scene. I don't remember there actually being sex. I don't remember any nudity. But it's, yeah. it's been a while since I've watched it. Right. 
I don't know. Anyway. Anyway, just kind of funny. So basically in Aladdin, I would imagine if you were to watch Aladdin, then they would just have a little box over Jasmine yeah. the entire time. Seriously. <laughs> you wouldn't see any of the hookahs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh. Or Aladdin stealing food so he doesn't die. I bet, I bet they take that out. Maybe. <laughs> you can look at all the filters. Uh-huh. We did that. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Okay. Well, I think that's a good place to end. Okay. I did have a couple other things, but I think I'll save them for another time. Okay. So that is our show. Thanks for listening. If you would like to contact us, you can email us at skepticsquaredpodcast at gmail.com. You almost said a blog spot, didn't you? <laughs> I, I, I remember messing up last time and it was in my mind, and so I was very conscious about it. And you can check out the show's blog at skepticsquaredpodcast.blogspot.com. <laughs> See, there I am being deliberate again. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs>